Okay, so you're a tenant and you'd like to release your property properly. Property, maybe make a bit of a profit. Stay tuned. Subletting. Hey, oh, oh, man, I'm good. Thanks, I'm good. Just, I was, just telling you, I'm a bit chilly this morning, man. I've got to stop being a sook, but it's like, I can't keep up with this weather, man. I say it every weekend. <laughs> 15 degrees. Pretty bit of chill in the air. I love it. Bit of chill in the air. It gets you going. All oh, this, 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 this convo will warm me up, you know. Got to love our Sensei Saturdays together. So here we are. This Day, Saturdays. Now you've done a couple of relets this week where some uh, some tenants have made it made off with some cash like bandits, and we thought it would probably not a widely spoken about thing in the industry um, where people are a tenants of a property decide to lease part or all of the property that they're actually leasing uh, and make some money. I know. And it's it, like, like you said, it's not something that's spoken about very often. Um, I think it's something that a lot of people don't know that you can do. It's not a question that really gets asked. I think you feel as a tenant, you're, you know, of course you're obligated to the, to the agreement that you've made with the landlord. But in saying that, you know, with, with times that we've had that have been, you know, pretty tough, if it's if you've yep. not been able yep. to really uh, optimize the space that you're in, you're probably wondering yourself, "Shit, I've been here for how many years? I don't want to lose the traction that I've already created at this site. What can I do to retain it, and what can I do to yep. keep myself going?" Um, and so, there's some examples. That can business models can change. Hey, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you make as a business, you're making more money than ever, but you just don't need that space because your model's changing. Absolutely. That, and that's a really cool way to look about it. It's not always a negative thing. It can be a positive thing where it's just like, okay, um, clearly identified that, for instance, you know, you're in a 50 square meter sized property um, and you're just like, wow, I think I can just even downgrade the size, go to about 30. Um, what do I do with this extra 20 square meters? And, you know, for some 20 square meters might just sound like a joke. It's not enough space, you know, double garage size kind of space. And then you're like, no, there are people that really could utilize it to the best of their ability. Um, and yep. it can go into different routes and avenues. Now, if we explore some options, and option number one, I'd say um, the pandemic took an incredible hit on office spaces, um, you know, sites that were completely dominated by, you know, consult rooms, um, small little areas of, you know, just to, to do almost treated like hot desk spaces and things like that. Um, and let's say that you're, and I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to draw on actual examples. I'm not going to say names or anything, but looking at a site, let's say a medical site and you're like, wow, I've gone from having all this stuff and utilizing all these consult rooms and I can't do anything with them now. You're a tenant. What do I do? What can I do? Um, the beauty of it is having that open conversation with a landlord, whether it be that it's privately managed to run or it's then being managed by an agency you can bring up the option of saying, hey, can I sublet the other areas that aren't being utilised? Okay, so, can we yeah. start right, right from the top? What yep. is the subletting? Okay, we start from the very top. We keep it real simple. 
So subletting, you're the head tenant of a lease, let's say. Doesn't have to be commercial, can be residential as well. And there's obviously additional space that you can't utilise or you don't need to require, you don't require anymore. You can look to have those areas yep. then list out separately. Can be the whole space. Can be the whole space too. If you really wanted it to. Absolutely. Yeah. So basically it's a, it's a lease that sits below the lease. Yep. So, and, and I guess that if, when you're subletting, you don't want to be a Muppet and have different terms to the original lease. So I that's think that's right. really, really important. Yeah, so, absolutely. Sorry, go on. Huge. Huge. I'd say like, and for people that have just probably just joined in now and are watching this at the moment, so we're on the topic of subletting um, and we're just branching off there onto obviously being a head tenant and then obviously expanding out, probably having some or the whole space being leased out. Um, you'd want to have the terms mirrored onto the, other t on the, onto the other tenant or tenants that are going to be in that lease. Yeah. I think it's pretty crucial. You don't want you don't want it to be uh, too different, too diverse to overcomplicate things. I think if the one contract or the one agreements worked, the primary space it could roll the same with any other tenant or tenants that would utilize it, utilize it as well. Um, does a land <clears throat> does a landlord get the shits when you sublet when you're a tenant? And you've sublet you sublet your property to another tenant. Does the actual landlord crack it, crack the shits? You know what? No, they wouldn't get the shits. And why? It's because as long as they're getting their rent paid, they're happy. But most of the time, what I feel it comes down to is, it's just you've got to ask the question. You don't want to go about doing these things without opening your mouth and saying something. I think yeah. it's um, let's let's be transparent and let's go about yeah. doing it the right way. <laughs> too many rules in property. Too many. And I think also um, as a landlord, like particularly with the commercial property, there's probably not that much wear and tear. But with a uh, residential property, as long you know, the subletting, you know, is, is is a factor if there's excess wear and tear on the property. But generally, there's you know, there's not. Um, and I guess um, we've even seen examples where people have rented property. Um, and the uh, the tenant who's rented the property has Airbnb the property and made a business of it, um, and made a lot of money from it. Now the problem, the great thing about that is the tenant made the property beautiful because Airbnb has got to be looking sexy. But the bad news is when you when you when you're launching in and launching out so many people of a property, there's excess wear and tear. So I think there's lots of examples where subletting can be great or not so great. But it's all about working together and working it out. Now you've had a, a cracker one lately where we won't give an address out, but the land the, the tenant was paying for a pretty low rent for a whole for a whole premises, mm -hmm. and um, basically came to you and said, "Mate, I don't want to give up this premises because it's the rent's just so good. But can you do something with this area?" And you found some awesome tenants for it. The guy's not profiting out of it, but he's getting pretty close to um, paying a pretty, pretty low, pretty low. Yeah, and and look, that's that's the, the the beauty of when you can start to establish these relationships with with your clients um, and with different tenants, and you know, you, you you grow fairly compassionate over the business that they've 
you know, grown over the past how many years, you know, the, the space has done them really well. And they're just like, I just, I just need a bit of a bit of guidance. That's what they're looking for. Guidance, a little bit of a helping hand to say, Hey, what can I do? Can I rent the other space out? Can I, can I make use of the other space with someone else? And it's, when you look at it in hindsight, it's a win-win for everyone. And that's exactly what happened in this, in this given situation. Um, and it's more or less the, almost the same style of business operating in the one space cohesively. And that's, I mean, that, that's amazing. So when it can be cohesive as well, that's another thing, you know, you can go about wanting to sublet and there's, you know, there could be a range of different um, problems that can arise if two parties don't see eye to eye, but generally, you know, you're seeing if this party, the tenant, the head tenant has someone that they know. Um, and then you go about exploring that option. And if it works, happy days, which it did in this case. How, how much does it cost to agree to um, sublet a property for a tenant to find another tenant? What would it cost okay. anything? You know, so, I mean, the interest. So do you work for free? No, I don't work for free. But it's a matter of obviously when we're going when we're going about the trouble of finding someone, um, especially yep. if it's sourced out for us. But obviously, when it comes to putting a, a, an agreement together, when it's mirroring the original agreement, um, yep. I don't I don't feel that that obviously overcomplicates things enough to to warrant such a high expense. So, how much do you charge to find another tenant to sublet a property? Um, look, uh, dollar figure wise, uh, interesting to say, I mean, when it comes to generating a lease, when it comes to generating that client, um, I wouldn't say it, it's exactly the same as what we charge to find the whole new tenant for a space. Um, yep. Especially, yep. We've got to ensure as well that the tenant that we're putting in, is it mirroring the same length of time that that other tenant's going to be in the space for? Um, that's always another thing to gauge what would obviously be charging or pricing, um, that to be. So, just as a reference for someone who's still want to sublet a property, what are they going to pay? Okay, look, if we're gonna if we're gonna go down the route of exploring what it what it would cost to go down putting in uh, let's say an, a lease, a lease agreement, obviously subject to if you're gonna be exploring going through an agency, and an agent an agency could charge you, you know, anywhere from two hundred and fifty to five hundred dollars to put a, a put a lease together in your house lease. Yep. Obviously yep. going to a solicitor they could charge you anywhere from you know a thousand to a couple grand. I don't think it needs to be so complicated that it warrants the same price of a whole new lease, but it is going through the right procedures and the, and the right contractual agreement so it reflects correctly because at the end of the day, the head tenant, which is the primary tenant in the case of wanting to sublet that space out, they will, in essence, take responsibility for that new tenant going in. And I think it's it's actually cheap. If you're paying 50 grand a year on rent, someone that's going to pay 30 grand off your rent, it's actually, if you're sharing with an agent a small portion of that, one off payment, one off payment, I don't know, it's not a week, it's not a week, it's not a week, it's not a expensive. And you're going to be making it, um, you know, an actual, you're going to turn it into your business to be just half your Definitely, definitely. Obviously, we never do things for free. It doesn't work like that at all. It's just giving you a bit of more of a just a general sense of it, it doesn't need to be complicated or overly expensive uh, yep. exercise yep. to explore. But it's definitely one that one can explore both in a residential sense and obviously in a commercial sense. But um, 
obviously when it comes to then uh, going down the route of, of, of changing the property or applying a little bit of a fit out, then it comes down to obviously that new tenant's responsibility to get those things on the way. Um, a, new, a new then a tenant to then be referring back to the landlord or an owner to see if that's acceptable. So everyone needs to work together in order to make something like this work. It can't be just one party going over the other. So there's been some huge examples where we've ripped that out. Massive warehouses, 2,000 metres square, 1,000 metres square, for 1,500 and There's also a little example where there's been accountancy offices where, where they haven't had to board one or two desks, 150 a week or whatever, you've rented out the desk. So something happens on a large scale, something happens on a small scale, depending on the type of stuff. Yeah, definitely. And you almost you almost think, oh God, is it, which one which one's more difficult to do? Um, interestingly enough, I think that the, the the bigger the space, it's a little bit more easier because you can see it as a whole and divvy up certain areas and see what works. I love an example. Not going to say specific, but the areas such as Brookvale. Um, you know, when you've got real awesome industrial site, you've got a lot of areas that are warehouse uh, warehouse and hard stand dominant. I'd say probably more hard stand. And when I say hard stand, I mean you know, the concrete area at the front that you can utilize to either park cars, you can basically store trucks, the works. Um, it's great when you can see two people align themselves. One person uses X area, let's say the warehouse, the other uses the hard stand uh, concrete area, and you treat one area of that property to be common area. So they've got access to both. It doesn't hurt anybody, it doesn't hurt the landlord, everyone's happy. Um, can be where businesses collaborate. So, you know, like, you know, pretty cool. Like, if you're a barber, for instance, there was a tattoo artist or a nail or a hairdresser and a nail Major confinements of business to make your business as well. So, not necessarily. Out of your control to choose the your suburb and your property, you want to do an agent like us. We can find a tenant for you. You have the indecision of the tenant person that was really well my business. I love it. Stuff like that. Absolutely. Absolutely. It, 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 Again, it's all it's all about a really good collaboration. That's what we're trying to find when when these sorts of things come up. Different, of course, when it comes to residential property, but at the same time, it's about finding that healthy relationship that two people can can generate from from obviously exploring that option. But I do really get a kick out of it when it comes to commercial, because um, not that it makes my job harder, it just makes my job more interesting, and it, it opens up different avenues. And it, it comes up, for instance, people that were initially looking for short term um, options which then say, hey, it worked out really well here. I'm sure it can work really well in, in the long run somewhere else. So it, it builds for a longer relationship to explore. And that is subletting properties at a profit. And I think we've unpacked that well commercially in particular. Takeaways are cost a lot. It's the same are you a regular stage to do it. Um, you don't you don't need to something and uh you can turn to business not not number to profit but subletting Absolutely. Mark, pleasure as always. Thank you for everyone that's joined us. We had some good numbers in this morning. I like it. It's exciting to see people get keen. Awesome. Have a great day, Cheers. Cheers. Cheers Bye. everybody. Bye. Bye.